0: Welcome to It's All About The Story, grief stories that connect us. This podcast takes you into the lives of people who have gone through loss and have come out the other side to experience joy again. Each story is someone's lived experience and reveals how wrestling with grief can turn loss into wisdom. You might even find some of these insights helpful in your own grief journey. Come, meet the people like yourself, who have experienced loss, and who now openly share their story with us. And now, here is your host, Rick Berg.
1: Well, welcome everybody to It's All About the Story, Grief Stories that Connect Us. It's great to be together. My name is Rick Berg. I'm your host again for another episode. And again, welcome uh, today. I've been thinking a lot about um, holidays and thinking a lot about Thanksgiving now. For those of you who are Canadian, it happens tomorrow. Uh, For those of our American friends, it happens uh, in a couple weeks' time. However, I wanted to talk a little bit about holiday grief because I think it's a very important subject to reflect upon uh, as far as our grief experience. Holidays are significant. They're significant for both of us as individuals who grieve and also as a community, that is, our families. Why? Because holidays are all about gathering, about together, about community. And we know that when we meet together, our memories are created uh, through our experiences of life together. And that's a big thing for you and for your family. You see, the significant facts and moments of your life are strung together to create your life's narrative and identity. Let me say that again your significant facts and moments of your life are strung together to create your life's narrative and identity. Our brains have evolved to remember what is meaningful. Isn't that fascinating? We only remember 3 to 5% of everything that comes into our lives. But our brains like meaningful events. They want to remember them. And when you think about that fact... I'm certain that you're thinking about those events in your life that you've been together as a family. And holidays gather families together. Not only holidays, but significant events in our life. What's really fascinating about our brain is that these memories that have become significant and meaningful for us come back to us through our senses. Seeing, hearing, tasting, touch, smell. Each one of those senses are activated in different parts of our brain to create the memory that's formed in our hippocampus, memories that are meaningful. Memories that come back to us. Memories that return into our lives. Holidays are filled with significant and important memories. And that's why they're both meaningful and why they're difficult when it comes to our grief experience. Because that person who is part of that memory is no longer physically present. And in some way, we want them to be there, but they're not physically there. And so it creates grief, loss, sadness within our lives. And perhaps that might be happening to you on this Thanksgiving uh, day. Now, when you think about it, What have Thanksgiving's been like for you in the past? Let's talk about these senses. When you think about Thanksgiving, who do you see there? What people? In which home? Is there turkey on the table? What do you hear? Is there music? Laughter? chuckles, voices, babies crying. What do you taste at Thanksgiving? Is it a ham, an apple pie, sweet potatoes, a special dessert? How about touch? Do you think back upon those Thanksgiving celebrations and remember the hugs you received or the Handshake or sitting next to somebody, cheek to cheek. How about the smells? Tons of those aren't there at Thanksgiving. Turkey or gravy. Maybe there's flowers there. Maybe it's a place in the backyard where the smells of nature around you. I don't know. Whatever it is, Thanksgiving or holidays Bring the senses that create the memories that form meaningful relationships that still exist and we still want today. Here's the difficulty one of those individuals in that meaningful memory is no longer. Physically present. They're missing. There's an empty chair at the table. And that's why grief returns often at holidays. You know that to be true because you've experienced that in your own life. And for me, it's fascinating to think about, again, how... Difficult this is for families to manage. Because so often these holidays are supposed to be times of joy. They're supposed to be times of celebration, of of coming together. And yet sometimes these holidays feel a touch empty for some. Now, we know that everybody... Reacts to grief differently. And we understand that grief will come back. Because grief always does. Because grief is missing somebody in your life. And I'm thinking that holidays brings this special person whom you miss. Back very close to you. But people respond. They react to grief in different ways. And I think it's really important as families. To understand the grieving preferences of those around you. To understand a little bit more of what they might be going through. To give them some space. But also to plan ahead for grief to return. In order to do the best you can to invite this person who has died back into that celebration. Into that holiday as best you can. Well, there are a number of different reactions to grief. We know that we emotionally respond in grief. That is, sometimes we might be angry or sad or guilty. And why would those come back at on holidays? You know, maybe the grief is quite fresh, and this is the first Thanksgiving that you've had without your mom or your dad or your sister or your uncle or brother. Maybe you're still angry that they died. You're sad. You're maybe feeling guilty. I don't know. Whatever that emotion might be, and you know, there's relational uh, reactions to grief as too. Sometimes there's strained relationships that happen after somebody dies. Somebody who perhaps wasn't present and you felt they should have been, or they haven't been involved in your life or or the life of your family over the last while, and now. While well, they're showing up for Thanksgiving and you don't know how to respond to them. Maybe somebody isn't even coming this year. And that's going to upset you as well. And then people have spiritual reactions to grief. They really do. I mean, they question their own life, their purpose, their contribution. What is the meaning of life? I mean... You know, sometimes following the death of somebody special, we dig deep. We ponder. We wonder. We take a look at our own life. But what, what might be the most important thing? We might be questioning God or the significance of whether that God is even real. There are so many spiritual questions. Reactions that happen, and these could be flooded in to a holiday celebration like Thanksgiving. As somebody comes to sit there and to begin to ask questions, you go, Wow, they're asking some deep questions. How about those behavioral reactions to grief? Unexpected behaviors that that come into that celebration, somebody drinking too much, or comes to the celebration already inebriated. Or somebody who just says, I'm just not going to be showing up. I'm becoming distant. Or somebody who just makes jokes the whole time and, well, doesn't talk about what's most important, the person who is missing, and that's not common for them. See, we have behavioral reactions to grief as well, don't we? And then there are just our mental or cognitive reactions to grief are always present because, you know, when you think about it, as a holiday um, is coming soon, some people become very stressed out about this event because it means coming together. They know that somehow... You know, that person is missing their lives, and it it brings up stress within their life. And those cortisol levels rise, and they're confused. And, well, they might be responding in a way that's different than what we expected. Some people self-medicate. These are mental reactions to grief. And then physical reactions. Some people just don't feel well, you know. You get a phone call from a favorite aunt or whatever, and somebody says, you know what, I just can't make it today because I'm not feeling well. Well, we know how difficult it is in our grief experience. And sometimes our bodies do react, and the stress is becoming too much. And we become physically sick in some way. It's common. I say these, um, these reactions to grief and emphasizing them because I want you to be aware of a family dynamic that's happening upon a family during a grieving experience as holidays occur in your life. I mean, we are made up of a whole bunch of different people, aren't we? I mean, a family structure is composed of many people. Each one is different. Each person is grieving differently. And I think we need to be sensitive and aware of these differences in order to give people slack a little bit. To understand that they might be grieving differently than us. They might be at a different place than us. And we need to honor that. You know, these holidays are significant. Why? Because they're family rituals that take place. There's family traditions, or rite of passages. I mean, maybe this Thanksgiving is something you've done forever and ever and ever. And now, there's somebody missing. And you don't know what to do. Because that person who is missing, who has died, was an important part of the family. And they're not there. You see, what happened in the past is important. What happens again might need a few changes. We can add to a memory to make it more meaningful, to include something different that helps us still to feel connected with that person who has died, even though they're not physically present in our lives. And that's why I think the concept of remembering is important. Not just remembering, but R-E-M-E-M, B-E-R-I-N-G. Remembering. Now think of your family for a moment as a, as a club that has membership. You know, you pay your dues, you're part of that club, you're part of that group. You're in. We share life, whatever they're doing. and you become in a sense, a community of significance. You're invited in. Well families are a little bit like that. You're invited in to be part of a family. I mean it could be by birth or it could be by marriage, could by invitation. Whatever that might be, you become part of this membership club, so to speak. You're in the inner circle. And you share life. You share ups and downs and all arounds. And it's good. But all of a sudden, one of those members dies and leaves that membership, physically. That's hard, especially if they were a significant person in that membership, in that family. What's very, very powerful is remembering, is bringing them back into this family by intentionally planning their return. Now, that might sound a little strange to you, but the truth is we can invite people back. Now, how might we do this? Well, there's this concept that's very powerful. It's called continuing bonds and an enduring connection. Continuing bonds is a is an idea of how do we form an enduring connection with that person to keep them close to us, even though they're not physically present. What things about their life connect us with them? And can we continue to connect with them through these continuing bonds? Let me give you an example, okay? And for me, I'll use this concept often in my life. My first wife died at 47 years of age. And holidays were significant for us because they were gathering, they were together. And of course, uh, turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes were an important part. Of our family celebration. But one food item was particularly important for me that was served at Thanksgiving with turkey. And that was red cabbage. Red cabbage, yes. You see, my first wife was Danish and Finnish. One of the food items that was often served with turkey at Christmas or Thanksgiving was red cabbage, which is a sour red cabbage. Now, what's significant about this memory for me is that I can remember it very clearly because it's one of those memories that have meaning attached to it. You see, I had been dating my first wife, Pam, in October of one year. I met her mom and dad once. And they invited me for a Christmas dinner. Well, I was nervous. Obviously, I wanted to impress them. And I I came to their house. And I'll never forget it. I, I can see the house clearly. And I can see the table set with the fine china. With with the wine glasses. It's beautiful. And I can see our family, that is Pam's family, her two sisters chatting in the living room, next to the dining room. And then we were invited to come and eat. Went up to the table, sat down. And I thought to myself, what's that smell? Don't like it. Kind of sour. Well, they took the lids off the containers and I soon spotted red cabbage. Yuck. I'd never had it before in my life. Never. But, you know, wanting to impress Pam, Mom, and Dad, I, I you know, I, I, I took a pretty good helping. And, you know, along with the other items on that food plate, I began to eat the turkey and the gravy and, and mashed potatoes and the carrots and the peas and the buns. And finally, I knew that I would have to eat the red cabbage. Oh, my word. Well, I got a big glass of juice next to me because I thought I'm going to down this if it's not very tasteful. And I took a big forkful of this red cabbage and placed it in my mouth. And I liked it. I couldn't believe it. I I liked it. It was even better the next day. When we put this red cabbage on cold turkey and made sandwiches. It was beautiful. That's a connecting bond a continuing bond because it created a meaningful event in my life that has stayed there forever we had red cabbage for years and years every Thanksgiving mm-hmm. every Thanksgiving And every time now that we have Thanksgiving or Christmas with turkey is served, I need red cabbage. Why? Because I want to remember. I want to bring back Pam for a moment into our house, into our lives during these holiday celebrations. We're thinking about her anyways. Oh, yes, I'm married now and I have a wonderful wife, Erica. But those people who have been part of our journeys are still important. And we still miss them. And We give them a place at our table. We give them a place in our holiday celebrations. They don't become the focus. But we give them a place so that we can remember them and give thanks. It's Thanksgiving. Give thanks. For what we did have, not for what we didn't, what we did have, and can always be thankful for. And that's why remembering is so important. So I want to encourage you this Thanksgiving to think about how you can bring that loved one whom you miss closer into your family. However, that might be, be creative. Most importantly, plan together. There's nothing more special than planning this together as a family because then you have everybody on board. Everybody is part of the process, everybody has their input. As a remember, grandma, our dad, our mom, our sister, our brother, our child. You're giving them a place of honor, which they deserve in your life still, including them into your chapter, which is now, and giving thanks. You do this by remembering them. Happy Thanksgiving. Take good care.
0: Thanks for joining us today on It's All About the Story, Grief Stories That Connect Us. We hope this podcast was encouraging to you. There are so many different types of loss. Why not take time to listen to some of the other unique stories in this podcast series? Feel free to share them with family, friends, neighbours. If you'd like to receive notifications about the next episode in the series, please subscribe. And we'll make sure you don't miss out. We hope that you'll be joining us again on It's All About the Story, grief stories that connect us with host Rick Berg. Take good care.